Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Dos Vidania, comrade. It's episode number 96 of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, the world's most revolutionary Eric Roberts-related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me as usual is the Russian sickle, Liam O'Donnell. How you doing today, Liam? I wish I could think of a Russian thing to say in response. What? What's, but, what, what's the... I mean, you could call me comrade because we are friends, and that, I feel like it'd be an appropriate thing, especially because we both have uh, extreme left-leaning politics. No, I'm good. Okay, Liam, it's been a little longer than usual for us to return on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast. That's true, you were slacking off. I was slacking off. I I have been ill, but that is not the reason. The reason that we had to delay things is because I I planned and and, uh, executed, (laughs) not my wife, but I executed a 10th anniversary party. 10th wedding anniversary party for my wife last weekend uh and it i was still kind of recovering because we had her family visiting and my family visiting and she had no idea any of it was happening until uh the previous sunday night and it was pretty exciting liam congrats sir thank you you know what it was like three months in the making and the fact that it didn't all fuck up in my face was a uh was a really heartening thing apparently i can plan things as long as i have basically the assistance of the entire city in which i live I mean, I am actually pretty impressed. You don't seem like much of a planner. What do you mean by that, Liam? <laughs> I don't know. You know, you're you're real, you're real fly by the seat of your pants. Not true. Uh, Untrue. Get, I mean, get, th- get get very nervous before we talk to Eric Roberts, sort of guy. <laughs> it's only because I was so uh, prepared that we were able to get through that Eric Roberts. Uh, live interview, Liam. And of course, I have to prep, and again, not to pull back the curtains too far, but I mean, I'm generally the one responsible for prepping all of the elements of Eric Roberts as the fucking man, including the outline, getting the guests, recording, editing, putting online, promoting, all of that sort of thing. Yeah, I figure that spoke to your lack of planning. <laughs> I don't see how it does, Liam. <laughs> Liam, how have you been? I don't want to focus too much on myself. I know I know this is a tough old time of year, Liam. I know have you been doing any teaching lately? Uh I mean I wouldn't call substituting teaching, but how uh, how why why would you say that now? I mean it is teaching, right? It's probably the most important kind of teaching because if you weren't there, the class would just be going crazy, be going wild. I'm going to go with, no, I think the part where the students learn something is probably the most important part of teaching. Yeah, but the thing is, they could not learn something without a teacher. It's impossible. And their regular teacher is away or out sick. So you are like the the, the last line of defense. I mean, if that's how you want to look at it, I think it generally comes across more like uh, I'm a babysitter. Oh, oh, is that how you feel about yourself, Liam? 100%. What about and that that's once? How, that's also how most of the teachers and other subs feel as well. What about that student? Like, hey, Mr. O'Donnell, you know, yesterday I had a calculator and I was trying to figure out this math equation. I couldn't figure it out. How about you help me? That 
literally has never happened. And it would especially not happen if it was math, because uh, whenever I sub for math class, I literally say, I don't know what you're doing, so don't ask me. <laughs> hey, let's figure it out together. Let's rap on this. <laughs> and then I sit on a chair backwards. Is that what you're saying? No, that's too cliche. Liam, have you ever brought up your love for hardcore music in the classroom? Uh, yeah, uh, only once, but yeah, that, that's come up. I, 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 occasionally I, I can relate to students and talk to them about stuff. Uh, a lot of times the general student attitude when they come in and see a sub, it's, it's, it feels really bad because they walk in and they go, oh man, a sub? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then they immediately walk out of the room so that they can come to the class late. That's like (laughs) not my favorite feeling (laughs) in the world. Um, and so usually I don't spend time trying to like talk to those kids, but Every once in a while, there's a kid who usually is just desperate to talk to someone, mm-hmm. and they start a conversation, and well, that can uh, be all about all kinds of stuff. Let me ask you this, Lee. What's the nicest thing a student has ever said to you? There is a group of students okay. who... Our guest this week is editor-in-chief of ThatShelf.com and editor at Art of the Title. <laughs> it's Will Perkins. How you doing, Will? Hey, I was on the edge of my seat with that story. I want I want to know what uh, the nicest thing that I can't ever, let him I can't let him say it now because I Aww. was it was such a mean thing and I set it up and I was really hoping he'd have <laughs> some answer just so I could stomp all over it. And this is particularly bad because right before we started recording, I promised Liam I wasn't going to be mean. And this might be the meanest intro yet, Liam. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it's 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 up there. Now Liam, tell I'm going to let's let's Wipe the slate clean. That's a that's almost like a movie thing, right? Wiping the slate. Well, let's wipe it clean. And why don't you legitimately tell us the nice thing that this student said to you? Oh, the uh, in one of the classes, it was a theater class, and the kids were being crazy. And I don't even remember what I did. I think I just explained something to them, uh, like this essay they were having to do that they were very just confused by and they've all the kids in that class now refer to me as their favorite substitute Aww. they don't actually remember my name oh okay. it's just whenever they see <laughs> me they go hey it's uh, my favorite substitute they keep doing it that's the nicest thing <laughs> is this an italian it's... school <laughs> yeah mostly i mean you know it's I mean, you know, where i'm at i assume they're mostly italian a few uh german folks uh, former amish i guess stuff like that okay a liam yeah I was so close to just like immediately interrupting you. As I you knew you were going to. I, I didn't do it, it, but I was thinking about doing it. And B, I also was going to start talking in your voices. Like, do you know that Shakespeare was like the original hip hop artist or something? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, this was like, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, the essay was like, is theater for entertainment alone or for deeper introspection? Right. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing or whatever. And uh, the language that the guy used was more directly from the uh from like when pascal asked that question mm-hmm. and they were just confused as to which of the terms meant they knew exactly what the question meant they couldn't figure out because they weren't good at basic vocabulary <laughs> which of the designations was the one that meant the one and then they were trying to figure out how they could say both and i'm like well that's not what the question's asking you will perkins welcome to eric roberts is the fucking man um they say, I have heard, that the children are our future. Will, any thoughts on that? Uh, it sounds like it's true based on Liam's story. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was genuinely heartwarming, and, and uh, I wish I could have witnessed it myself. Now, but Will, you have, sure. you have a child. A, a, a new child, yes, four months yeah, old. four months, right? That's even younger than Liam's, so let's stick with you for a bit longer. Um, 
Would you now? You've listened to some episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking yes, man, sir. so you have an idea of who Liam O'Donnell is as a person, and theoretically <laughs> oh, no. as a teacher. And so say, and let's move substitute out of the way because obviously Liam has no respect for substitute teachers, Got it. nor Got should it. he. But would you allow your daughter, once she was of age, to go to school to be taught by Liam O'Donnell? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. She's going to go to, you know, she's, she's, she ha- she needs to have a well-rounded experience. And I think uh, being exposed to someone like Liam as a substitute teacher or as a regular teacher would be a, a fine, a fine experience. I, I, I don't know enough about you to, uh, you know, rate your teaching ability, but I, you know, I assume you're, you're a great teacher. I appreciate it. Am that. I being too, am I being too nice? I, no. I feel like Look, I'm so used is... to, I'm so used to Doug's interactions with you, Liam. And, and, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm ruining it. I was just going to say that my regular interactions with Liam uh, have enriched my life to a very substantial amount. And so I think that your daughter uh, being exposed to him in, in class, and look, I didn't make a joke about the exposed at all, uh, <laughs> that it would, be, it would be a really good thing and she would probably learn a lot. And Liam, do you enjoy teaching theater or, or like artistic things more than any other subjects? Well, again, I haven't actually had the opportunity to do much teaching, mm-hmm. uh, but if I had to choose, yeah, I mean, I've I've thought being there that, and I've thought this for a while, that it's interesting that a lot of these schools don't have any sort of like uh, intro to world religion, like intro to philosophy of religion sort of mm-hmm. stuff, especially since like when you get to college, a lot of times, a lot of programs do have those requirements, right. so it's like... For some of these students, I think the assumption is that you're going to get some basis because of your family. But I've interacted with a number of students, and this is the Lehigh Valley. It's not exactly an urban center mm-hmm. where they have no experience with anything. They just don't even know. It's like not even part of their world. And I'm like, man, I wish they, you know, they should have me teach a class on that. Like that'd be interesting. But, uh, but for me, like as a sub, I sometimes like the more uh, traditional subjects a little bit just because the teachers leave more work oh I see. <laughs> in the sense that like if there's no consequences like if the students aren't turning anything in sure. it's really hard to keep them on task uh, you that, know ma- I mean? that makes total sense moving over to will perkins for a second will you're at the editor at art of the title which is a website that looks at uh the title sequences from major motion pictures and television shows and video games and conferences and everything in between if it has oh. a title sequence we uh we talk about it, and we talk to the people who uh, who make and uh, produce them. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a great website. We'll of course link it in the show notes. But Thank will you. this does beg a very important question, which is what is the greatest title sequence in a movie it, of all time? That is oh boy, what your favorite, what my favorite child is. Mm-hmm. I only have one favorite child, by the way, because I it's only easy. have one child. Right. Uh, but but ah, uh, geez, what are you saying? I'll keep it on. I'll keep it on brand here. Uh, I will say that the title sequence for Star Eighty. It's pretty oh. pretty damn fantastic, uh, made by the same guy who designed the title sequence for Star Wars and Raging Bull, a guy named Dan Perry. And uh, yeah, the that license plate, that Star 80 license plate, the the guy still has it, and I've actually seen it uh, when I was down in L.A. What? a couple of years ago. Very cool. Honestly, Will, that's a much better anecdote than I was expecting for you to pull out of that <laughs> very broad question, but it did give Liam O'Donnell a quick opportunity to think about the same question. Liam, do you have a favorite title sequence i don't think i do Mm -hmm. it's it's not something i pay enough attention to and i feel like i should um what weirdly comes to mind and i don't even love this movie 
But the first thing that came into my brain was The Watchmen. Oh, interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great opening. Yeah, because they cover so much. It's just a great example to me of someone like using a visual medium to paraphrase a bunch of stuff that they don't have time to literally sure. tell you. So it's like, okay, here's a bunch of things you should know about <laughs> that we're not going to address in any direct way. I wish more people would do that. Like just that alone yeah. was meaningful for me in a way. Um, I'm sure there's more artful title sequences that I really appreciated in the moment, but I don't like, I don't take enough stock to remember them later. And so I actually feel kind of bad about it now that I'm thinking about it. No, Liam, don't feel bad. And I do wish that Zack Snyder managed to figure out that shorthand can take uh, like a lot of information and compress it for both the rest of that movie and the rest of his other movies. Uh, yeah, any any other time in his career, that would be great. Oddly it's enough, the, it's the best thing he's ever done. Well, oddly well, enough, the only thing that probably competes is the opening sequence of of his Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, which is also shockingly well done and very memorable. But if I had to give an answer to this, I actually there's a couple, of, and and I know that. Um, at least, I believe both of them have been featured pretty heavily on Art of the Title, but one of them is Alex Winter's Freaked, which has a great kind of claymation-styled uh, 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 opening credits, which I really, really love. And, of course, the other one is probably uh, too much of a cliche, which is why I, I put Freaked first, which is, of course, Stanley Kubrick's um, Doctor Strange Lover, How I uh, Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, which has, of course, that amazing opening sequence uh, with the planes refueling. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Will Perkins, Eric Roberts, the actor. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. What about him? Well, uh, this is a podcast about Eric Roberts, the actor, uh, and we like to talk about him and his career, the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. What, yes. are, what, are, what are your impressions of the man himself? Uh, I, I've always, I, I think I've always found him sort of an interesting presence in movies. I would mm-hmm. say that like I'm more familiar with his smaller parts, like you know, more recently, like The Dark Knight, Inherent Vice, sure. Expendables, that kind of stuff. I haven't seen many of his starring roles, and that's like a big gap. I've seen Star 80. I've seen like uh, Best of the Best, Runaway Train, but sure. like not much else. I, you know, it sounds he's, he's, to me that you haven't seen The Pope of Greenwich Village. I haven't, and, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to learn. I'm here to be schooled in the ways of Mr. Roberts, just so you know. Because I know there's good stuff out there. It's just I, I, I haven't had the time to dig in uh, in the frightening way that you guys have. I mean, this, I mean, this, is, this is so fortuitous. You need to learn about Eric Roberts. Liam and I, we know too much already. And what's great is that you wanted to be exposed to more Eric Roberts acting. And because you were on the show, you were able to choose a movie for us to watch featuring Eric Roberts. And we'll, of course, get to that in just a little bit. But first, we need to talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 96 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Lots of activity on the Eric Roberts Twitter feed over the last three weeks or so. And I want to start with something a little nice. Hey, you know what? I think we have a reputation on the show. We're a little dark, Liam. We're a little moody, I'd say. But we're going to be very nice, very pleasant, very upbeat. And we're going to start with a note that Eric Roberts received from a celebrity. Back on March 30th, Eric Roberts tweeted, A beautiful note I got from a beautiful human years ago, and now so amazing on hashtag Barry, it's hashtag Henry Winkler. And he has a note here from uh, December 5th, uh, 2003. 
it says, I believe. <laughs> um, wonderful Eric. Same memories and same love. See you soon. I think it's some. <laughs> some memories and some love. Do you think that's what it says, Liam? Yeah, 100%. Okay, let me try that again. Wonderful Eric. Some memories and some love, exclamation point. See you soon, Henry. Will Perkins, guest on this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. What are your thoughts on Henry Winkler, the most beloved man in Hollywood? Uh, he is the most beloved man in Hollywood, and he's tremendous on that show, Barry. So, you know, I think Eric Roberts may be sort of low-key trying to get in there, uh, get a part on Barry, you know, award-winning uh, HBO television program. Must uh, everything be manipulation with you, Will? I don't know. It seems like a nice sentiment. He was just trying to share, you know, something he dug up out of his basement, and, and it seems nice. I he's think it's... I should mention, by the way, that this note is written on Henry Winkler stationery, <laughs> which is something. Yeah, it's terrific. Will, I have yet to see the show Barry, but I've heard it's very good. I should probably get on that, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, I think it starts on. It started last night, actually. Well, the I second season. Yeah. Yeah. T- it, there's no time like the present for me to catch up on that using Liam's uh, Amazon Prime account. Liam. You fucker. <laughs> Liam, Henry Winkler. Yeah. He's an actor best known for playing the Fonz on the sitcom Happy Days. But, of course, he's done a lot of other work as well. What's your favorite Henry Winkler performance? I literally can't name a single one other than Barry and the Fonz. And I don't care about Happy Days. What about Arrested Development? Oh, yeah. as uh, What is his? Uh, Bob- Barry Zuckercorn. Oh, is that really? Is it Barry as well? Am I wrong on that, Will? No, it was I Bob th- Bob Blah Blah. Yeah, no, Bob Blah Blah. No, Bob Blah Blah was played, of course, Jesus Christ, <laughs> by Scott Bayo on that show, and Scott Bayo was brought in on the show and even made a joke about the fact that he was replacing Barry Zuckercorn because he skews younger, that sort of thing, as a joke on when he was, of course, was brought on the Happy Days. Do, do you guys know anything about Arrested Development? I think you are, like, so wrong right now that I'm I literally am, looking it up. Uh, look it up. I am 110% fucking certain that I'm correct on this. Though it does bother me that both of you <laughs> came to the same conclusion of me being wrong. Yeah, you're right. Barry Zuckercorn. Of course. Oh. Yeah. I Bob, really thought his name was Bob Loblaw. Bob Loblaw's Loblog was written, of course, by Scott Bayo, the shitty, horrible Scott Bayo that no one likes. And we're talking about Henry Winkler, the most beloved actor in Hollywood, Liam. Well, now I'm just upset. <laughs> this was supposed to be a positive moment. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, what are your thoughts on Boys to Men? Uh, I really like the... Yeah, you're right. It's fucking Scott Bayo. God damn it. Um, I've seen Arrested Development, like... Particularly the first three seasons, probably six or seven times. So believe me, you're not going to catch me out there. All right. Is it, all right. Is it too late to, to you know confess that I've never seen the first couple seasons? Well, at least you have an excuse, Will. Oh, yeah. I've I've seen the Netflix uh, seasons. Oh Jesus, Will! What are you doing? Confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Liam. Thoughts on Boys the Men? I mean, you know, hometown Philly back again. You know, doing a little East Coast swing. You know, Motown Philly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, yeah. you have a, an emotional connection to Boys the Men. You know, it's funny that you say that because of course they, they recorded a song, a very famous song with Mariah Carey, who notoriously left Eric Roberts at the altar 
uh, I feel like that would make you kind of anti boys to men. No, love boys to men. Uh, they're really great. They're really nice. I've interacted with one of them because uh, his mom worked at a store with a friend of mine. Was it the uh, deep voiced one? Very... <laughs> uh, no, actually. Did, did you get uh, him to say, "Baby, just come back to me"? <laughs> that sort stop. of thing. <laughs> what? I really like. I really like the first record a lot. After the first record, I'm kind of like actually not that stoked on it. But they, they, you know, they're connected to the city, and I, I care about them if, in that sense. But well, I think some, that first record's really good. Here's some proof that Eric Roberts does not hold a grudge with, about their relationship with Mariah Carey. Because on March 28th, he tweeted, tremendously beautiful. And this was in a response to CMT, which I believe is Country Music Television. They were tweeting, here we go. Settle in for an amazing night of music. Hashtag CMT Crossroads. It was boys, two men. And Brett Young music starts now. Will Perkins, who's Brett Young? I assume a country star of some kind, if it was the CMT Awards. It makes sense. Is that what this is? CMT Crossroads? Are you asking me? I am asking you. Yeah, no, I'm asking. You're an expert on country music. I figured you would know. I I have no. I know the CMT is the country music channel television. Mm -hmm. That is is the, the extent of my knowledge in this this uh this area unfortunately so i'll go with country star well what's your favorite boys to men song i don't remember any of the names of any of the songs mm. but i do closely associate them with like grade seven dances yeah i can like, understand they were, the, that. they were the slow song and many formative moments uh that's all i'll say i guess say will let us down a little bit there liam you must have a favorite boys to men song um i i mean i already quoted uh Motown Philly a couple times, but I mm-hmm. think uh, I think End of the Road is really good. Of course. It's um, so hard to say goodbye to yesterday, of course. That was going to be the other one I was going to say. Yeah, I think those are the three sort of big ones for me. Honestly, they don't really have any deep tracks that I'm like, oh, this is unappreciated. unappreciated. Will, if I had to ask you where in the world is Eric Roberts right now, what would you answer? The greater Los Angeles area. That's probably correct, but yesterday he was not in the greater Los Angeles area. He was in Sweden. Will Sweden? Wow! I Is actually he had a, a film. No, not making a film. He was attending the Sci Fi World Convention in Sweden. I know this because a friend of mine actually uh, put on Facebook, "I'm in Sweden. Eric Roberts is here." <laughs> but if you both uh, look to your show notes, we have a list of the six major uh, guests at sci-fi world in sweden i know it's it's hardcore and i'm not being facetious there's some uh interesting this is upsetting this is upsetting (laughs) all right lee why don't you tell us why this is so upsetting okay so here's the list we have these six people they have robert patrick right and michael bean Mm -hmm. uh for robert patrick they've credited him (laughs) for scorpion and for Michael Bean, they've credited him for The Abyss, which is fine. Sure. But both of these gentlemen <laughs> have other credits that I think we could be talking about. Uh, let me let me put your mind at ease, Liam. So the way that this was structured on the website is that it would constantly switch the credits uh, along uh, with a different photo. But uh, I wanted I wanted that specific Eric Roberts photo <laughs> so badly. <laughs> which then the- Eric Roberts is on here, and they credit him for his role in Runaway Trade, which. A, the picture is ridiculous, <laughs> and B, Runaway Train is not a science fiction film, but whatever. But he and, he's, and and he's right next to Daniel Logan, who apparently played Boba Fett in Star Wars Episode Two. <laughs> and the other two faces here is Natalia Tena, 
who I play, apparently was in Game of Thrones, and a uh, an actress named Jennifer Blanc, who was on the television show Dark Angel. Remember that show, Liam? Dark Angel. I don't remember that show. What is Dark Angel? Wasn't that Jessica the, Alba? Jessica Alba, produced by James Cameron. And she uh... she is Michael Bean's wife, I believe. So they're kind of a package deal. Oh, like. that's right. That's why when I see him on Facebook, she's always in photos. <laughs> that's it. Yes. <laughs> Liam, why, why did Michael Bean flame out? I have no idea, actually. What did he do after The Abyss? Well, he uh, uh, had a flashback sequence in Terminator 2 that was cut out of the movie. Um, and then pretty much nothing until uh, r- recent Robert Rodriguez movies. He was in The yeah. Rock. He was in The Rock. That's absolutely... That that's true, and I don't mean to besmirch Michael Bean's career. And it sounds like Will's on the ball with this. Will, what happened to Michael Bean? I would assume just chose his roles poorly. I, I don't know. Maybe it was that mustache from the Abyss just threw everybody off. Uh, you know, handsome leading man type. That mustache career killer. Friend of the show, uh, Tim Lenner. Uh, I might be really messing up his name as I usually do. He alerted us to the fact that. Eric Roberts, the actor, is appearing in a movie called Monster Island. Now, I think we actually have mentioned this on the show, but this is a little more information about it. It's a new sci-fi film coming this summer from Asylum Entertainment. Liam, Eric Roberts working with Asylum Entertainment. The movie was shot in South Africa, New Zealand, and Los Angeles and features multiple massive kaiju battling for supremacy. This is like a giant monster movie, Liam, uh, with uh, Eric Roberts. Uh, in it, that's pretty exciting. Well, Liam, are you excited to see Eric Roberts and giant monsters battling it out? Yeah, this sounds good. I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure that he directly battles anyone, but yeah, he could. You just don't know. It features special guest star Eric Roberts from Star Eighty, The Pope of Greenwich Village, and The Dark Knight, and Toshi Toda, who appeared in Letters from Iwo Jima and Sony Pictures Godzilla. So he's got got a little kaiju experience. Will Perkins. The Asylum, they're known for uh, making a lot of low-budget, sort of straight-to-sci-fi network entertainment. Are yes. you a fan of them as a distributor of films? From from what I, I've seen of their stuff, yeah, but this this one sounds amazing. I'm, I'm happy to see them tackling, you know, kaiju, the kaiju genre. I really hope Eric Roberts is playing some kind of kaiju, just like Eric. someone summons Eric Roberts, like, you know, Ghostbusters style. As uh, as like a monster, they have to battle. This is a great idea. I hope that they go in that direction. Now they it's inter- it's interesting. You know, a few years ago there was a movie called Pacific Rim, directed by Guillermo del Toro. And in fact, he directed that, if I remember correctly, uh, at least partially. Will in Toronto, the city in which you live. Yes, indeed, they did. Just down the street from where I live, actually. Yeah, and that's really exciting. So, uh, but then the uh, the asylum they made a movie called Atlantic Rim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've not had the pleasure. Uh, I I have not yet seen it. I do know that Mystery Science Theater, the most recent season on Netflix, actually covered it. Uh, and also, I believe it features Graham Greene, a famous Canadian actor. Will that's very cool. He's a, he's a Canadian treasure in that yeah. case. <laughs> yeah, right. And of course, there's all these Canadian connections, which we always get excited about. Speaking of excitement, this is actually huge news, and I probably should have led with it, but I wanted to surprise everyone. I wanted our audience to be like, hey, he's not going to mention the thing. And I'm like, I'm going to mention it. Longtime listeners of Eric Roberts is the fucking man know that Eric Roberts once appeared in 1996 in the Doctor Who television movie that, that aired on the Fox television network in the United States and, and I guess in Canada as well. And I remember seeing that movie. And we've covered that in the very early days of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. It's kind of a controversial movie uh, because of the way that it fits into the continuity of Doctor Who. And people 
had mixed feelings, I would say, on Eric Roberts' performance as the master in that movie. Well, recently, uh, at the beginning of this year, they released Big uh, Finish. I believe Big Finish is the uh, company that does these um, audio dramas uh, that they release with a lot of the actors who have appeared on Doctor Who. They basically have continuing adventures for some of the former actors who have played Doctor uh, the Doctor and, and other characters as well. And they had Eric reprise his role as the master uh, to uh, great acclaim, I would say, earlier this year. And now there is an announcement. Liam, this must excite you. That Paul McGann, the former Doctor, the Doctor that appeared in that... Uh, the Eric Roberts featuring Doctor Who TV movie from 1996, he is going to face Eric Roberts as the master again 23 years after the Doctor Who TV movie in an upcoming audio drama. Liam, what do you think about this? I mean, that sounds great. I've actually never seen the, the first one, so I'll have to catch it first. It was, uh, it was, that was pre-Liam on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast. Uh, I think it's very worthwhile checking out, uh, even though it is... If you have any experience at all with Doctor Who, it does feel a little weird. It does feel a little Americanized. But, you know, they, I feel like that the a lot of people have worked very hard since then to kind of mold it into something that fits into the vision of Doctor Who as a whole. Will Perkins, what are your thoughts on Doctor Who? It's a very famous science fiction property. Uh, yeah, I used to watch the hell out of the Tom Baker reruns when I was a little kid, but uh, haven't really caught up caught up or kept up with the the newer iterations and again missed the uh the paul mcgann version which uh, now i'm looking forward to checking out uh since i now know that eric roberts is in it i had no idea recently added to the ever-expanding eric roberts imdb page is the short film night from writer director and opera singer leia danielle so i uh, i did a little research on this uh bizarre topic uh I'm not going to read the lengthy uh, plot summary, but I will say that Night was written as a series with a five-year show Bible, and then it was reworked into a full-length feature, and after years of countless rewrites, Leah Danielle herself, she decided that Night was ready to begin production as a short film, and it will apparently be debuting at film festivals in the upcoming year. I feel like, Liam, that you would almost certainly lose something of the core of what you've planned if you went from a five-year television series, <laughs> shrunk that down to a movie, and then down to a short film. Well, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what what did it look like as a series? And was she just suddenly realizing there just wasn't that much to the story? Or did she figure out a solution to the problem of the story? Like, like this whole time she's working on this complicated, and all of a sudden she goes, ah, oh, he could just leave. It just leaves, and then it's, and then it's over. Okay, well, that's what we'll do. I mean, I don't want to speak for uh, this obviously very creative person, and again, and an opera singer, but I would imagine that it was financing that made it difficult to turn this sure. into a five-year television series, <laughs> uh, and probably also uh, made it difficult to make it a... Uh, a feature film and maybe the idea and in fact I would say probably the idea is you make the short film you show it around and someone's like this is brilliant I want to turn this into a two hour long feature uh, which when you look at the plot summary that I have provided for you seems like that is what you are going to have to do it seems like a lot going on I will say that it, according to Savage Spell Productions Night is a mix of The Hangover meets Sex in the City Will that description does that appeal to you at all? If Eric Roberts is involved, I'm there. But I can't believe you haven't mentioned how night is spelled. That is the most interesting thing about this movie. You, it's why I have both of you here, to keep me from making these kind of mistakes. Tell us how it's spelled, Will. N-I-T-E. 
Night. Not just N-I-G-H-T. That would be too boring. This one's Night. Uh, Five and years it, in the lab with that one. It's going to lead three very different women on an outrageous ride into the sultry, shocking fun and crazy world of N-I-T-E Night. So keep your eyes out for Night. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be playing... Well, not at a local cinema. <laughs> maybe at some sort of film festival in your general area within the next year. And if not, maybe it'll just show up on YouTube or something like that. But don't uh, don't bet against Leia Danielle, who probably will be coming at you with a full-length version of Night in the next few years. A lot of exciting news on the Roberts Report this, uh, this go-around. Will, do you feel like it's irresponsible of us to have a podcast... That has a new segment focused on a specific actor, considering there can't possibly be enough news to talk about on a bi-weekly basis. I am amazed there is this news. Not that I don't think Eric Roberts is a busy guy, because clearly his IMDb page proves that he is. But, you know, you you just you really you gathered it here. I mean, there's stuff we haven't even talked about that's in mm-hmm. this outline and and you know we could just keep going we could go all night i think we could go all night i'd rather not it it would make liam very unhappy Um, (laughs) (laughs) liam do you think that at least half of the listeners of the eric roberts of the fucking man podcast skip the roberts report section entirely just to get to the movie discussion i wouldn't say that many (laughs) follow that (laughs) follow that up with a percentage that you think it is uh, like thirty five percent. That's not bad. That's enough for us to keep going for the final four episodes of this podcast that we yeah. have before uh, we we have to do something secret to try to get out of our blood oath, Liam. I hopefully you don't mean murder. Well, I mean blood in, blood out. That's what my mom always said. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Liam is tired of this line of discussion. (laughs) Let us take our first break. When we return, this is exciting. Will has picked a movie I had never heard of before. It's from 2004. It's called Border Blues. It features Gary Busey as a psychic chief of police. Yeah, that's, 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 we're going to talk about that right after this. Moscow police detective Andrei Somov resigns and emigrates from Russia, but has to accept a menial job in a restaurant while his adolescent son and pregnant daughter-in-law are denied exit visas. 
Andy does, however, get to know some LAPD cops after volunteering his expertise and Russian language skills and is sent to Tijuana to fetch cheap tiles. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> On that Mexican journey, Somov bumps into Coyote Larry, another ethnic Russian but U.S. Si- si- what? That's not cr- Anyway, I'm going to say this again. On that Mexican journey... Somov bumps into Coyote Larry, another ethnic Russian but U.S. citizen who lost his daughter years ago and now helps illegal families enter the States. His present client, arrogant Russian Lena, haughtily presumes to know everything better but is always wrong, yet he takes pity on her daughter. Meanwhile, <laughs> LAPD takes medium Michael oh Marks... Oh my god. <laughs> Meanwhile, the LAPD takes medium Michael Marks seriously after a mad bomber who targets pharmaceutical companies and got a bad feeling with an envelope held by Larry. It all ties in. Stop. Stop. <laughs> the SCIMDB profile started. Wow. It ends with it all ties in. And let me tell you, it don't. This is uh, 2004's Border Blues, and boy, that was a complicated plot summary, but we'll talk about it in a little more detail in a moment. This was directed by Rodion Nahapatov, um, who has also helmed the TV series Russians in the Cities, uh, sorry, Russians in the City of Angels, 2001's The Blood of Success, and 2008's Contamination, also with Eric Roberts. He also wrote this movie and stars in it. This is a, uh, a vehicle for Rodion to, uh, to I guess, break into the United States. The film also features Gary Busey as LAPD medium Michael March, and yes, Eric Roberts as Coyote Larry. Uh, boy, it also has Eric Estrada, uh, Chip's Eric Estrada as a Mexican cop. Uh, we'll talk about all of that in some detail, but first, I need to know what both of you thought of Border Blues. I'm going to start with you, Liam. Uh, you sounded exasperated as I was reading through the plot summary there. What did you think of Border Blues? Um, mm-hmm. It's weird enough that it's almost entertaining. <laughs> um, a lot of things happen that don't make a lot of sense. For example, and we'll talk more about this later, Gary Busey is a psychic police chief. The chief, of, like not just a police officer, the chief of police. Everyone has to listen to this psychic. They just have to put up with him. And the thing about it, this is my favorite part about it. <laughs> if you were, if I just imagine, imagine you're a psychic police chief, right? Okay. And you get these psychic visions. At some point, you just come to terms with the fact that normal humans are not just going to say, sure, that makes sense. They're going to be skeptical. And so you have to like adjust to them. But instead, his attitude is, what did I just say? Like, he is hostile to everyone who doesn't immediately do whatever crazy thing he says out of his mouth. He's like, I died twice. I have the gift of the second sight. What, you think I'm crazy? Just do it. There's a bomb in that envelope. In one envelope. What are you talking? They're just in the bomb. Just go get them. And you're just like, what is happening right now? It doesn't have any sense. And then, this is what's so crazy about it. It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie, man. It really – the whole time you're in Mexico with the Russians, there's no – at no point you're like, is Gary Busey going to show up with a with a prediction right now? Like it – that anyway. So they tie in Eric Roberts' character to this plot, this mail bomb plot thing. Except we find out at the end of the movie that they were wrong. That was just a dead end. Though it does make certain things that happened earlier – Really nonsensical, but th- so it appears that they do tie in. But then at the end, it really seems completely unnecessary to have Gary Busey in this movie. It doesn't. It's meant 
I think the movie is meant to have this feeling of like all these things are just sort of happening and we're, you know, happenstance and weird circumstances and it's all supposed to have a loose feel. But then it also wants to be kind of like tense, like it's trying to have almost like a tense, maybe not spy, but like crime sure. thing going Absolutely. on. And it's hard to have that much tension when nothing makes sense. Like it, 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 everything that happens in the movie feels as if that day the crew woke up and our man was just like, I don't know. I run out of gas today. Let's do that. I run out of gas. Okay. I guess we'll film that. And then the next day he went, how about when I'm looking for gas? I'm back at the ranch now. All right. Yeah. We're back at the ranch now. That works. Let's just do that. You know? And okay. Eric Roberts in this scene, you come out and. I don't know. There's cops. Let's just say there's cops. Like everything just feels like they just pulled it out of their butt that day. Um, There is a long sequence towards the end of the film that is very complicated flashbacks of backstory. (laughs) You don't need in any way, shape or form. It does not enhance. (laughs) Well, we'll talk talk about that in just a second as well. I should mention backstory. I should mention, by the way, that so the police chief is psychic. There are no other supernatural elements in this movie at all. Uh, yeah. er- everything is played very kind of serious, and uh, if not realistic, then certainly uh, it's it, there's no uh, suggestion of kind of like an otherworldly nature to anything. Basically, the movie doesn't make sense. Let me just end it there. There's a more to say, and we'll say more about it in a sec here, but <laughs> I don't I, know how to describe the movie to someone. I don't know how to describe it because so little of it connects, and it is both thematically and stylistically just completely incoherent um and then uh it never quite though gets to the point where it's so over the top that you're like this is a fun romp of craziness it's just it it doesn't have any energy in it and i don't understand eric roberts character i i I do think that the first 20 minutes has that energy that you were looking for for the rest of the movie liam mostly because it focuses on these cops and they're you know these bombs going off and things like that and you're like the car chase was kind of cool yeah right and you're like well that's what this movie's going to be and then it just goes to mexico and then it's just eric roberts interacting with this how do they describe her arrogant woman (laughs) we'll talk about that in just a minute oh my god this this plot summary Will Perkins, uh, you made us watch 2004's Border Blues. Uh, you had no idea what you were in for. All you knew yeah. is that it had psychic Gary Busey in it, and it did. Hey, it delivered that for us. What did you think of this movie? Well, that was the primary selling point, I will say. But, uh-huh. but the, the revelation of him being the chief of police, just out of nowhere, charging <laughs> man on the phone, I'm the chief of police, damn it. Like, like the cop he's talking to didn't know that already. But yeah, it's... This is the strangest, one of the strangest movies I've ever seen. It never gets to that so bad it's good kind of place. It's just disjointed and strange. And Eric Roberts is deeply, deeply unpleasant in this movie. I don't know how to describe his character, but in my notes, I've just, I, I kept writing, this guy is a weirdo. What is going yeah. on? He's such a weirdo. Absolutely. 100%. Very unpleasant. Uh, he he treats this woman who's trying to get across the border like shit. There's at least the suggestions that he wants to kidnap her daughter. I mean, he really just seems like a garbage person. The funny thing is, the movie wants us to like him. Uh, and this, what it says in that plot summary where that the, the Russian woman who's trying to get across the border, that she haughtily presumes to know everything better, that is not presented in the movie. She questions him on the most ludicrous things that he's doing and he gives her no answer at all and at least on two or three separate occasions seems like he's going to sexually assault her i mean that's how it plays out in the movie it uh 
I don't know. And, but at the end of this movie, you are absolutely supposed to think that Eric Roberts is, if not a good guy, then uh, a guy that we're supposed to grudgingly like. Which is weird, isn't it, Will? <laughs> it, it's, it's, I, I just don't, I don't understand how they got, he was so weird with the, with the woman. He was creepy as hell with the kid, kept winking at her and holding her, like, unnecessarily all the time. Um, you know, something is lost in translation here. I feel like the director of the star, he wrote this script in Russian and he was trying to tie back to his TV show and just, you know, got someone who translated the script who just didn't understand what he was trying to go for. And Eric Roberts just fucking went with it. Like, that's all, that's all I can say. It's, it's, I don't know why this movie exists or why it happened. So one of the reasons that this movie might be as confusingly presented as it is is because of something that Liam referred to, which is there are some flashbacks in this movie that are obviously not part of this movie. Uh, and in fact, these flashbacks are to the television series Russians in the City of Angels, uh, which was also directed by Rodion. Uh, and also, if you go into the, uh, the, the cast listing, also happens to feature Gary Busey as a character named March and Eric Roberts as a character named Coyote Larry. Uh, so... Uh, this movie is to some extent either a reimagining or sequel that incorporates footage from this television series. Unfortunately, that television series also had Sean Young in it. She does not make an appearance here. That could only have brightened things up a little oh, bit. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, so th- it does not seem like this movie is made up of entirely of footage from the TV series, uh, because it, it, when you see the footage from the TV series itself, it actually seems to be shot on like different camera, different film stock, if film at all. Uh, I mean, I guess it would be at that time, but it it doesn't look anything like a movie. It looks like a TV series and it does, um, it integrates really awkwardly. Also, all those flashbacks have so little to do with the rest of the movie (laughs) that they are very confusingly presented. There is one flashback to our lead character, um, uh, Somov uh, working as a police officer in Russia uh, and you know it's nice to have a little background that is the kind of thing that probably would have made a little bit more sense to include more of in this because he is not presented competently <laughs> throughout the rest of the movie he just seems to be wandering in and out and his one attempt to do anything he gets shot like five seconds into it it's a really strange movie in a lot of different ways I want to go back over the plot a little bit because the plot summary obviously was no help this guy is a Russian police officer, and he decides he's going to go to the United States with the idea that the LAPD are just going to hire him as a Russian expert because that's something <laughs> that they need more than anything else. So they go to – he goes to the police. They basically laugh in his face and be like, ha, 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 you got to learn how to speak English, buddy. Uh, and then somehow, despite that being the only interaction we see, the next time we see them, they're like best friends to the point where the guy's like letting the other cop house sit his – for him while he goes down to Mexico to buy these fucking tiles. Uh, and they all go to dinner together. And it at, at the restaurant, which is called Russian Roulette, by the way, very poorly named restaurant, I would say. Uh, not only because of the suggestion of death and suicide based on the idea of Russian Roulette itself, but also because it suggests that there's no consistency to what you're going to uh, expect to, to receive at the restaurant, right? Russian Roulette, you want to have a consistent experience. You want to have that at Russian Roulette. Uh, Liam, what is your favorite part of this movie? <laughs> Um, I, I think the more I think about it, my favorite part is how 
unknowable the Eric Roberts character is <laughs> because every he has literally will have an interaction with the kid that you're like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of sweet actually, and then the very next scene you're like, is he gonna steal that child? Like it, it's you, it's never clear in his interactions with this kid whether it's supposed to be like, oh, he's just a he's he just is a a, a coyote who happens to like children. <laughs> Or he's a psychopath who's going to steal a, a kid. It's yeah. just, they just never make it clear. He's both threatening and concerned, like, simultaneously. It is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Like, there is a part where uh, this woman and her daughter, they, they've attempted to cross the border. It was, it, it went very wrong. So they end up back at Eric Roberts' shack that he lives in. And she, her daughter is sick. So she's like, we got to take care of her. So Eric Roberts is like, I'll go get medicine. And he ties her and gags her to a chair uh, for no reason in particular. I guess he's worried that she's going to run off with the kid. But it's just like, who cares if she runs off with the kid at this point? Uh, it, it, it really, this character is really quite something. I don't want to talk too much about Eric Roberts right this very second. But it's just, he is such a central part of the second half of the movie. Which, uh, But I do want to talk about how that Coyote Larry char- character fits in with the rest of the psychic police officer plot, which is that Coyote Larry has a backstory where he had a daughter and I guess a wife and the wife stole the daughter from him. And I guess she was like just a terrible person. At least that's how it's presented in the uh, movie proper. And he feels really put out by the whole thing. Uh, And so he's taking antidepressants and they think that because the antidepressants aren't working or he's having some reaction to them. He is trying to send mail bombs to all the pharmaceutical companies that are responsible for his antidepressants. Lee, am I getting this right? Something like that. Yes. See, I'm a- already learning. I'm already learning, but I did not catch that watching this movie. It was, that was like a, an end of movie reveal. And, and yeah, went it, right over my, it was actually an early movie reveal that they never referred to again, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but like, it's the only, that's why someone sees Eric Roberts on the street. Uh, Gary Busey has a psychic vision about him and thinks that he has like an envelope with a bomb in it. But it turns out while they're chasing him, the actual bomb goes off and using what I can only describe as the very first version of After Effects, they <laughs> they have an explosion in a building that is not very convincing. But, you know, hey, a little bit of action. We do see a guy kind of fly into the air as his uh, uh, the, the place that he's in explodes. So that, that's something. And it really is, is the only – it's really kind is- of – please – no, that is my single favorite shot in the movie as Gary Busey is on the phone calling it in as debris falls around. I'm just totally <laughs> unconcerned that, that there's an explosion happening within feet of him. Turns out that the person who's actually doing the bombings, uh, uh, spoiler alert, is some person we don't know and have never heard of. And it is revealed <laughs> at the end of the movie where Gary Busey uh, has an interaction with uh, with our lead uh, as he's recovering in hospital from that gunshot I talked about, he's like, yeah, the other thing with Eric Roberts' character, that was just a dead end. No big deal. <laughs> so the movie, the only connection that it has with Eric Roberts from the first and second half of the movie is a dead end. Will, tell me your general thoughts of how this movie... Now, you already said this movie doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really fit together. But I wanted to get more of a sense from your thoughts overall did you have a good time watching it were you bored i mean like would you recommend this to someone even as a unique strange experience uh i don't think i could recommend this to anyone (laughs) like you say it's it feels very pieced together like like it has been sort of slapped together from this russian tv show which i 
would have much rather been watching because that one flashback where he's chasing the guy on the roof and there's you know a shootout and he falls and that was that was better than anything else in the movie. Looked like um, a cop show, like a, like a yeah. competently made cop show. Works for me. Of course, and we had to watch twelve hours of the fucking thing. <laughs> but they kept they kept he kept referring back to the events of the show. He's like, oh yeah, when I dislocated my shoulder before, like we have no idea what he's referring to. But I'm more interested in that than like the low rent version of like Jerry that it becomes, where he's just wandering in the desert for a good like felt like thirty minutes. You're telling me you weren't already familiar with the famous television series Russians yeah. in the City of Angels, which I'm not sure that it ever got a U.S. release. And if it did, uh, it says here on the IMDb that its working title was A Force of One, which is pretty much the most generic title for anything you could possibly <laughs> release. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. I mean, it, it seems – the vision of this – I would love to learn more about it, to be totally honest. And it's interesting to, to read that Eric actually worked with the director and star – of this again. I'm kind of curious to see if maybe that movie might be a little more coherent, not tied or tethered to a, uh, to, to another project. Um, I'm going to talk about the ending of this movie a little bit. Liam, we have this Russian woman and her child. We have Eric Roberts, who's basically keeping her hostage at this point. We have our, uh, lead Russian cop who is basically hanging around and is going to try to free her. From this situation. The, the, okay. The Mexican cops led by Eric Estrada show up at Eric Roberts' shack. Then what happens? Well, just before that, uh-huh. um, the Russian cop has decided the best way to get out of the situation is to threaten a little girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With By the way, he has a tiny knife. Like, a, like it's... Just, it's the hero of the film, but but nice point. And and what I love about it, the <laughs> film, the film very much suggests that when the mom's like, "Yo, what the, what are you doing?" against the daughter, she's in the wrong. She should have yes. just gone with it. Is what the movie very much thinks. Then he immediately gets shot by Eric Roberts, rightfully so. Right shot. So the, I, think, I think the impression, the by the way, up. Liam, the impression is that he has been watching like a creep from afar. He's been yeah. watching the way that Eric Roberts interacts with this little girl, and he's like, he basically thinks that this girl is his own daughter. So the, the real thing to do is – now, I've been able to communicate with this woman and her daughter. I've had many opportunities. I guess I could have even told them, here's my plan. I'm going to pretend to threaten your daughter. But instead of doing that, he just threatens her. He grabs her and holds a knife to her throat. A little girl. <laughs> and the mother's oh, – really? The mother quite reasonably responds, what the fuck are you doing? And then Eric Roberts shoots the guy. Uh, it's, it's it's never quite clear why <laughs> he can't just say, hey, uh, they're just going to leave. with. We're just going to leave. Yeah, exactly. And then I the get... cops show up and they immediately shoot Eric Roberts. So the cops show up and they shoot Eric Roberts. And Eric it does not appear to be a fatal shot at all, though he then gives... <laughs> the mother and her daughter they t- he tells her where he has stashed all of the cash that he's made smuggling people across the border I mean this is a very timely movie in a lot of ways though I would also say not timely at all in most other ways uh, yeah so he stashed a bunch of money I guess he was going to I don't know what he was, his plan was with it but he had a bunch of money so he, he tells him where it is because I guess he thinks he's dying but it looks like he's just fine and then it shows him drive away <laughs> this is so ridiculous <laughs> 
the cop car drives away and he's in the back seat and he like does this um this uh coin flip trick where he like pulled it out of her, the daughter's ear earlier he does it and we're supposed to think oh my god what an amazing guy that coyote larry was he does care he must he is care. a nice guy he was a nice There's... guy all along the the it's i'm still not sure until they have this fucking ridiculous denouement where the the mom and the daughter they've returned to russia where apparently they're no longer in danger for some reason and they're just having a nice meal and then the daughter just she misses him she misses him and she still has the fucking rainbow bright yeah and, and that's supposed to flashes back to the scene we saw two minutes before yeah and that's supposed to let us know that actually, actually, you may have judged Eric Roberts' character, but actually, the chi- the kid knows he was a good man. Yeah, this is not Stockholm Syndrome. She loves this man who kidnapped her and her mother and would not let them leave and did not get them across the border, even though she gave him a bunch of money for them to do that. Uh, <laughs> it The best part about that ending, well, there's a lot of great parts, but the best <laughs> thing is Eric Estrada and his buddy... They arrest Eric Roberts, put him in the backseat, and instead of, like, sending anyone else out or trying to help the Russian guy and the mother and the daughter, he's like, eh, let the Russian take care of the Russian. And they just drive off, just leaving him there (laughs) in the middle of nowhere, potentially to die, right? Someone who, from the perspective of them, this is like a, a kidnapped woman and her daughter and a Russian police officer, and they're like, eh. We don't need to help. They just drive off, which is actually kind of paperwork. Yeah, it's lucky for them because it means they can just go get that hidden money. Um, and I mean, every every Mexican person in this movie is not exactly a, a endearing portrayal. It's like corrupt cops and random shirtless elderly men wandering through the desert. That's about the expanse of the portrayal of Mexican. That, what, that one, the, tile, the tile guy. Yeah, the okay. tile guy. Tile okay. guy. Okay, wait a minute. He seemed okay. The tile guy is like, oh, tile, so what you want is to illegally cross the border, huh? Let's talk about that. That's not okay. There Again, there is no positive portrayal of uh, a person of Mexican uh, origin. In you forgot story. that guy that Eric Roberts bought that fake medicine from. <laughs> oh, that's right. That guy seemed okay. Although, that guy just seems stupid because as Eric Roberts is literally driving away from obviously the police trying to catch him, the guy goes, wait, what's your daughter name? As he's driving away, <laughs> what's, your da- what's, what's your daughter name? Oh, no. And I, I was just like, come on. <laughs> Would have blown his on. whole plan. <laughs> oh, boy. What a movie. Border Blues. I should mention, by the way, before we talk about Eric Roberts in any more detail, uh, that this movie is very widely available on free platforms. Uh, if you take a look around, you should be able to find it. It's available on Tubi, uh, if, if that's something you're aware of in the States. We'll actually link it in the show notes so you can check it out yourself. Uh, it, if anything that we're describing sounds at all interesting, I do recommend that you check it out and let us know what you think, simply because this is such an unusual movie in so many ways. Let's talk about Eric Roberts, the actor. Coyote Larry himself in this movie. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things that happened to him, and uh, we talk about the inconsistency of his character, but we haven't really talked about his performance. Mm-hmm. It is a schizophrenic <laughs> performance in a lot of ways because of that inconsistency but i wouldn't necessarily call it a bad performance but maybe you will disagree with me starting with you will our guest today what did you think of eric roberts in border blues i mean coyote larry clearly a complex guy oh yes he's he's got some trauma in his past his wife running off with a truck driver 
the real takeaway for me with his character, that one line that really stuck out to me is he says to Rita or Lena, I can't remember her name, (laughs) don't turn that child against me. This child he's just met, this woman he's just met, his one request, do not turn that child against me. So seriously, something has happened, you know, familial issues, supposedly his friend that he was talking about, it's actually him. Uh, Yeah, he's got some issues uh, with his family and he's projecting a lot of it, too much of it onto these uh these poor uh this mother and daughter strangely enough she listens to him and does not turn her daughter against him if anything she maybe has given her daughter a sense of hero worship for this man who held them hostage <laughs> who held them hostage and spied on them and like peered it through the window and the door and just oh they're skyping on a regular basis that family still wow. has a good relationship wow. with coyote larry uh liam your thoughts on eric roberts in this movie the performance is good, actually. I, I think, think so. He, I think he's there, but I, I fucking hate it. I really <laughs> hate it. <laughs> like, it's all the things I don't... It's all the worst. I mean... <sighs> I <laughs> Because it's not clear if he's threatening or not, when he's trying to be cute with a girl, it's, like, very unsettling for me. It, I, it, it, it gave me a real creeper vibe that, like, I did not appreciate. And then when we're supposed to be like, no, 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 he's fine. He just misses his daughter. Um, it, it's it feels like a weird switcheroo, and so I found that upsetting. And then just random things like, um, there's this whole scene. We didn't even talk about this. There's this <laughs> there's this unbelievably psychotic scene where they're trying to cross the border, and it's just a made up pantom. The whole thing's just there. It's clear that they have neither gotten any direction. Like there's no direction. They've just picked a random desert area. With a fence, and they're just like, "Look, we'll just act like you're crossing the border here." And Eric <laughs> Roberts is, "Give me the girl, okay? Step on the grass. Oh no, you left footprints. I have to go back and wipe the foot." <laughs> it, it feels like he's fucking making it up it as he goes. It does along. seem like he's making it up as he goes. It literally is just like it. Literally feels like the director just said, "Go in the field there, do some shit," and that's what they do. And it's so uncomfortable. And again. That's not that his performance is bad. In fact, he does admirably well for a man randomly standing in a desert with <laughs> another woman with no idea of why he's there. He actually makes some stuff up, but it just feels so unmoored and chaotic. It gave me anxiety watching it. Like, why is this happening? What is going on? It's just very strange. And so uh, I think he does a good job. But it's. I almost wish he didn't. I almost wish this is one of those movies where he's not quite present because he's doing all this stuff and why is he doing it? And it's 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 upsetting me. I just want to give some closure for anyone listening who might not check out the movie. So Somov ends up back in hospital where he wakes up to find Gary Busey's face and he must have thought that he'd somehow landed in hell as one would <laughs> if you wake up to that fucking grinning skeleton face. But anyway... <laughs> Gary Busey's he, there, and he like talks to the guy, and they share a gets drink. Gets an award. Gets an award. A, a comically large award. I, I mean, I don't know what the award is for, for getting shot in the line of nothing. <laughs> uh, and then Gary Busey has this like weird thing where he's like, what you need to do 
I actually, I'm doing pretty good in Gary Busey. What you need to do is join the police. Uh, uh, you got police academy. Go through it. I can see a vision of you graduating and becoming a police officer. And the guy, quite rightfully, is like, I'm like 50 years old, dude. I'm not going to go to the police academy. And Gary Busey's like, well, how about you just start here today or something? I mean, it seems like <laughs> they're just giving him a job, I guess. I didn't really that understand. That works, man. Land of opportunity. It's America. <laughs> he says, you're home now. You're home now. So uh, that's uh, well. Hey, he's a psychic, right? So when when HR asks him what the fuck he's doing, you can be like, oh, "I had a vision. I'm Gary Busey. <laughs> I almost died twice. Not even counting the motorcycle." Um, but oh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's it, right? You die twice. You get the second sight. It really helps with your police work. Anyway, Eric Roberts, I think, does a very interesting job with material that is impossible. I do have to admit that when I heard that he was called Coyote Larry in this movie, I was expecting a much more wild and interesting, maybe Crocodile Dundee-ish character, which I did not end up getting. It's basically just a charismatic uh, Eric Roberts performance. It's almost a shame that he is not presented more favorably, uh, like the plot summary would like us to think of him as, because he does bring a charisma to this role and a likability in certain parts of it that would really work, right? A guy who's like really struggling with the loss of his own daughter and having these feelings to wanting to help these people, you know, a rugged guy who softens after he sees them, the, the mother-daughter interact. But that's not how this movie plays out at all, and that's not how the character is at all. So there's a lot of unearned moments of... of um, of sympathy in this movie. But that does bring us to a very important topic. And this one's going to be a little tough. It's whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2004's Border Blues. I'm going to go to you for a moment, Will. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in this movie? Uh, 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 oh. No, no. Oh. He's, not, he's not the man in this movie. I, I, I mean, maybe he is because he salvaged this train wreck of a script and did admirable work but don't, the don't, character is just so don't. unlikable i can't i can't i can't give it to him will, will perkins i invite you on to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> on this the day of my daughter's wedding and here <laughs> and you you spit in my face and say that eric roberts is not the fucking man in 2004's border blues i'm taken aback i need to turn to one liam o'donnell liam is eric roberts the fucking man in this movie Oh, oh boy! <laughs> I think I think I gotta say yes, uh, but it's hard because I find this such an unpleasant character. But I don't think that's about his performance. I think he's doing what he can. I think the film though can't decide who he is, so he's he's just he's enveloping the role he's been given, but. Uh, the film doesn't know what to do with that performance, and that's what gets upsetting. Because at any moment, I expect him to like do some weird shit that is not going to happen. <laughs> you know, there's a part of me yeah. in the same place. It does seem like that. I feel there's a part of me, Liam, that makes you makes me think that you're acting cowardly by saying that he is the fucking man. However. A larger part of me wants you to say that he's the fucking man. So and and really just give it to Will for being such a uh, uh, a negative Nancy <laughs> here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man regarding this Eric Roberts performance. However, it does put me in a complicated situation in that I need to be a tiebreaker. I don't know what to think, right? And it makes me think of the famous Rudyard Kipling poem "If." <laughs> 
you know, if I can talk with crowds and keep my virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 2004's Border Blues. Uh, a very strange performance in a very strange movie, but I think one worthwhile to check out. Uh, Will, your your criticisms were absolutely on point, uh, and I can see it leaning that way. However, uh, Liam and I host a Eric Roberts-related podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's clear that Eric Roberts is the fucking man in this movie. And with that said, I think we all need a little break. We need to take our final break. When we return, we're going to do a little plugging and say good night. And that was episode number 96 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And I want to give a massive thank you to one Mr. Will Perkins, who took time out of his very busy schedule uh, to come and spend a little time talking about Eric Roberts, his life and his work. Will, uh, we've met in person, which was a total pleasure. Uh, my, my wife still still speaks uh, uh, so highly of you uh, in the short amount of time that we got to spend watching uh, movies out in Toronto. Uh, and I, uh, I know that you're a top-notch guy. I was really glad to be able to have you on the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Doug, it was an absolute pleasure, and thank you for inviting me on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at William H. Perkins. You can find That Shelf at That Shelf. You can find Art of the Title at Art of the Title. And... You can find me up to my wrists in baby shit most of the time <laughs> these days. You you have a child, right? <laughs> Sorry. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Who's cr- currently crying in the other room. So I should Aww. probably hit the road. All right. Well, we're all going to hit the road momentarily. Again, thank you so much, Will. Uh, we, of course, link all of that in the show notes. Liam O'Donnell. Uh, you're yeah. a tired man. You have a lot going on. Let's just uh, let's skip the pleasantries. What do you what do you got? What do people want to know about uh com, c-i-n-e-p-u-n-x.com and uh uh rough cut uh well actually no we won't have a drop ready by the time this comes out never mind uh so com. but if you want to find out more about what liam was just sort of awkwardly referring to you can follow him on twitter at liam rules that's r-u-l-z yeah that's yeah, right you can do that liam rules it's great if you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man, and why wouldn't you? Uh, you can go over to ericrobertsistheman.com or uh, follow us on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M. There's also a Facebook group you can search for. Just do, a, do, <clears throat> just do a search for Eric Roberts is the man on Facebook. If you want to find out more about me, and I strongly recommend it, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E. 
why. And you can also check out my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, uh, which is over at NoBudgetPodcast.com, soon to return. We have some big announcements coming with that as well. You can also check out our podcast, Liam and myself and our friend Adriana. We do a podcast about Alpha Flight, the Canadian superhero team. It's called The Flight Stuff. You can find that over at Cinepunks.com. We have uh, regular episodes coming out every couple of weeks or so. But with that said, we need Will to take care of his crying child. We need Liam to go to bed. We need to all take a little break and to digest Border Blues. We're going to be back very soon with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Night. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can. <laughs>